if we can really understand the principles of behavior change, which behavior change is habit change, we can make so much impact in our lives and just being willing to give those tiny changes a go and sit with them for a while just can change your life in a lot of ways. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck, and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? We'll see you in the Patreon. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? I am well. Hi, Matt and Beth. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, hey, it's Heather. so awesome having you. I loved your guest speaking um, event um, for Beth Barocco Fitness. That was amazing. Thank so, you. I'm so, so glad to have you here to talk about habits for our, our listeners. Ooh, we love habits. We love yes. talking about habits. Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm excited. This will be fun. So exciting. So I guess we'll have you do a little intro. Tell us about yourself and um, what you do and where you're from and all that stuff. Sure. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. For those of you who aren't familiar with who I am, my name is Heather Kerwin. I am a mom of three. I am a pilot wife. I'm a physician assistant, and I am the founder of Habit Maker Mama. You know, with three young children, life can be pretty chaotic as um, I've come to learn. And the journey for me with Habit Maker Mama and learning about habits really started when I went from being a full-time emergency medicine physician assistant to staying at home and realizing that the habits of a working mom were very different than the habits of a mom who was at home. And I realized that I wasn't taking time for myself and caring for myself. And one form of self-care for me was learning about habits and habit formation. And it's absolutely fascinating to me how we can change our behavior, how we can impact our behavior by making these really small minor changes. And so I really enjoyed learning about habits and using that to change my self-care as a mom. Uh, And one thing that was interesting to me was just reading a lot about habits and some of the habit books. I found that not a lot pertained to me as a mom, you know, the basics were there, but there was a lot of the day-to-day that I felt like, well, it's really hard to be consistent with habit change when there's so much that feels out of control. And so I kind of wanted to speak to some of, you know, maybe the mothers or people who feel like life is not as in their control as sometimes they might want it to be. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. where Habit Maker Mama came along. And that's where we are today. Love it. Powerful reason for for doing what you're doing. I I agree. You know, I'm going from busy professional mom in the in the envi- work environment, corporate things like that, and then going home. If if you're full time stay at home parent, or if that's just you know you're going home to your kids, completely different. Um, the habits you have at work and the habits you have at home. Yeah, yeah, and I, 
you know, especially before having kids was a big difference for me too. And just my day-to-day habits, there was so much that I guess I could say felt like it was within my control. You know, I was very regimented on getting my eight hours of sleep and waking up at 5 a.m. to do my workout and doing those things. It felt very routine for me. And then with kids, everything felt so unroutine and just all over the place and a lot out of my control. But I knew that that I really could control certain things, but I needed to keep those things really small. And instead of getting so big picture with everything to just kind of focus on some of these little areas that I could change and could control and not give myself so many excuses of, oh, there's, there's just so much I can't control. Well, let's focus on the things that I can. Yeah. You nailed it there. Yeah. So many um, people, especially, you know, busy moms, uh, you know, trying to fit in fitness and eating healthy and all these things, feeling overwhelmed to the point where they don't even um, start or they try to do all these things that are very unattainable all at Mm -hmm. one time Mm -hmm. um, and then they quit. So how would you go about, you know, helping someone to just focus on one thing? Yeah, absolutely. And this was that was definitely me, you described me prior to changing my mindset about really how small you can go and how big of an impact that can make, you know, coming from my mindset was very stuck in pre-kid me where I thought, okay, well, I need an hour to do a full workout and to do, you know, everything that I used to do before, but this isn't working now. And I was so inflexible in my mindset and really stuck in that place of, just needing to do everything before. Mm-hmm. So that small area of change can truly be something as small as starting your day with a cup of water, because mm-hmm. that might get your mind going to say, Hey, you know, okay, I can make a good choice here starting out. And then maybe that's going to help my mind trickle into some other healthier choices. It doesn't have to be a huge, big overhauling change of, okay, well, first I have to change my diet. Then I have to start working out. Then I have to make sure that XYZ is all perfect. No, just start with one little small habit that can help snowball into more momentum and more changes. For me, for example, uh, I love movement and I'm thankful that I do love movement, but there are definitely days when I don't really want to move that days that I'm like, I I don't want to do this. So my small habit is to put my running shoes on, just tie my running shoes. And that really signals my brain. Okay. It's let's, let's do some movement. Let's have a little fun. And then there's good things coming. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so that is really the small habit. It's not so much the working out because working out's more of a routine than a habit. And so the tying the shoes is the small habit that signals my brain to say, all right, let's move into the routine, which is now going to be some form of movement. And I think we we often get bogged down in habits needing to be these really big things, but actually they're the really small things. So the tying my shoes is for a little bit of habit psychology and a little nerding out here is the cue. That is the thing that triggers your brain to start something. And then tying my shoes, putting them on, that's the actual routine. And the reward is now saying to my brain, all right, you're get, you're getting moving here. You like what you're doing. Then I go into my movement and I'm happy and I get some dopamine and my body yeah. loves that. And it snowballs and keeps going. You know, it, it's not so much 
30 minutes of working out is not a habit. That's a routine. We have to plan that in our day. That's something we don't just do automatically. You know, buckling yeah, working your out still belt. isn't a, a routine for me or a habit for me. I yeah. still have to might be mindful yeah. about it. Right, right. I don't know of anybody that truly working out is just a habit because you still have to plan for it. You have to think about it. Yes. You have to put some intention behind it. Now, mm-hmm. tying my shoes to do movement, that's a habit because I don't yeah. really have to think about that. I know how to tie my shoes without any thought behind it. And so I, I think people get frustrated when they feel like, or at least sometimes I do, man, why isn't working out just a habit where I don't have to think about it? Well, that's just not how it works. And so don't beat yourself up about <laughs> right. that. You know, Yeah, because a, a habit, and I like what, what you said there, a habit should be essentially autopilot. It's something right. you're doing subconsciously and you don't even necessarily realize you're doing it, like tying your shoes. You're, you're tying your shoes. You don't, you're not making that decision, to, like going out of your way and planning to tie your shoes, right? It just happens because... I don't know because because you fucking need to. Um, so, um, <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. So, like you know, buckling your seatbelt. I no longer think about buckling my seatbelt when I sit down at the seat of a car. It just automatically happens. It's those things that you have to ask yourself: Did I did I do that today? You know, like closing the garage door when you're leaving out of the house. Sometimes, like did I, did I remember to close the garage door? Those are the things that are habits. The things you don't think about anymore, and it can be hard to get something to become a habit because it takes so much repetition to get there. And that's just what you need is repetition, repetition to get something to become a habit. And so that's really um, the key to something. It's not time. It's not, you know, how many times it's repetition of just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then it will come to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there that saying like, it takes this amount of time to... I was just going to say something like that. Yeah. But that's not even true, is it? Right. Not at all. I. It's funny. You hear so many different myths about how many days I've seen. 21. Oh, it's 21. I see that right. on social media all the time. Like just 21 days and it'll be a habit. I'm like, no, that is so false, <laughs> like completely false. It is the number of repetitions that you're going to do something is more likely to cement it. And even still, if something is more complex as a habit, it might take a really, really long time before it becomes a habit. Something super simple, like buckling your seatbelt that, you know, that's pretty straightforward of a movement and an action that's going to become a habit pretty quickly because also you get to practice that a lot. There are a lot of times that you get in a car, you know, between the time that you're a young kid and you practice buckling your seatbelt all the way through adulthood and beyond. So you get a ton of chance to practice that. And so, no, there is absolutely no time that it takes. There is Wendy Wood, who is a um, professor at USC in behavioral science. She says kind of on average around 60 days is kind of the time frame that they see but to really throw deadlines and time frames out the window and to just focus on practicing yeah yeah that really is part of the reason why people struggle so much with just something as simple as habits because like you just said for the most part like maybe 60 days but it could be more it could be less right but people are expecting these habits to take place in 2 weeks like okay i just did this thing every day for 2 weeks why aren't i a completely new person <laughs> totally and i i um found myself really focusing on a time frame after i had my third child i started to think oh man i gained a little bit more weight than i wanted to in the pregnancy phase and i want to lose a little bit of weight in this postpartum phase and i started to get on the scale and look at it and get really focused on that number and really thinking about like a time frame for myself like okay how long is it going to take and then there was a day where it clicked and i thought you've learned so much about behavior change like 
First of all, why are you focusing on this number? Second of all, let's focus on something way more fun and enjoyable of a goal for yourself and forget about the deadline here of this and focus on the journey instead. So I changed my goal to running a 5K in under 20 minutes and totally forgetting about the scale altogether and enjoying the journey of trying to get this goal that was unrelated to a number that would have no enjoyment for me whatsoever. Didn't add any value to your life yeah. either. Absolutely not. And and even if that number, you know, went up or down, which honestly, I, I personally don't really get on scale a whole lot these days because sure. I'm focused on the goal of the 5K instead. But as a nice aside, I think my clothes are fitting better and that feels nice, you know, and, but I don't focus on that at all. I focus on the journey of a goal that I actually care about, which is huge. That's important. Yes. And especially for our listeners listening right now, um, their focus, a lot of you guys is just that number on the scale and everything else gets thrown aside that they literally lose sight of everything else that they've accomplished. And like you just said, it's so important to, to, switch that to actually maybe um, attaining a goal, like running a 5k in 20 minutes or, you know, something other than a number on the scale, which sometimes when we hit that number, we have imagined in our head, we're not going to be happy anyway. Right. Right. Well, and it's like, why, you know, if I'm going to show up day in and day out and work on changing habits and becoming the person who I want to be, Is that identity that I want to be someone who's focused on a number on a scale or is it on becoming a runner again? And for me, that was the much more motivating day in and day out was like, man, I really want to get back into running. I want to be a runner again, not I want to be a a mom who steps on the scale every day and sees a certain number like that's not going to motivate me day in and day out. So a lot of it comes down to changing the identity of something you actually care about. Um, Maybe that's lifting a certain amount. Maybe that's, you know, you get out every day outside for a walk because you're someone who loves nature. Like the identity change is the key in letting all of these habits snowball and becoming that person. Changing your identity. Yeah. You want to, you want to get better. You want to become a runner. So you start doing that thing. You don't want to identify as being somebody that weighs themselves every day or, or obsesses about that number. Right. Or, you know, I love those performance-based goals because then you, you start becoming that person. And when you start becoming that person, right. Like you said, crazy things happen. We say this all the time. Your actions are matching your goals. Your actions are matching your goals. Those actions, you have that goal that you, you want to become that runner that runs Mm -hmm. under 20 minutes for the 5k, or you want to, you want to be somebody that squats 200 pounds or your own body weight. Um, the actions that are going to be taking you to that are so fucking powerful. And that's where the the actual change in magic is happening. It's not in that scale or it's not in whatever worthless metric you want to use to measure it. Right. And for me, you know, to bring that back down to how small that started, I didn't start with this huge overarching like, okay, what is this whole plan that's going to be laid out to get to this? It was just I need to tie my shoes every day and I need to move for one minute. That's my everyday non-negotiable because I know no matter what, I can tie my shoes and I can move for a minute. Mm -hmm. Now, there is only one day in the past five months that I've only moved for one minute. Every other day has been much more than that because I want to, because once I get started, it feels great and I'm really happy about doing it. But I set a standard that's really achievable 
on the days when I have zero motivation, because that totally happens, despite the fact that I love this goal and I'm really excited about it. There are days when I do not want to do it, but I've made the standard so achievable and attainable that I can do that every single day, no matter what. And then on that one day when I didn't want to, that was, I said, I was proud of myself. I said, I did the one minute, but today is just not happening. And that was fine. Yeah. I I love that you do that. that. You know, you're just prepare yourself, at least give yourself an opportunity to show up for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing there. And more times than not, you're going to, you're going to go through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that part has become truly the habit, right? Tying my shoes and moving for one minute. That's the habit that I can do every single day without fail. And then I never have to ask myself, do I want to do this or not? It's just, I, I can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not setting myself up with some huge, goal that, you know, oh, I have to do 30 minutes of movement because that can be really daunting on a day when you don't want to do it. But on a day, if you can just start with the one minute, you're going to get past it. You're going to get past a minute. Something that I think James Clear said this um, in Atomic Habits, these habits that we're trying to form should be so easy to do that it's impossible to say no to them. And that's mm-hmm. what the act of tying your shoe and moving for one minute as a, at a minimum does for you, right? Like mm-hmm. who can't put their shoes on and move for one minute? I don't know of anybody in the world. And if you're telling me you can't move for one minute a day, I'm going to call you a liar type thing because that's <laughs> impossible to say no to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And right. you know, BJ Fogg, who um, is a behavioral scientist out of Stanford university, he really outlines through years and years of studying behavior change that it really is that very small action that you have to do. And I totally underestimated this when I was starting. I thought that that was so silly. Like, oh, I just am not clearly not, don't have enough willpower and motivation if I have to do only this really small action. But I have seen the power of it time and time again. And I just want people to be willing to to try that little action and let it build instead of discounting it and saying, oh, I'm not going to get anywhere if I just do this little thing, because it can make the difference, all the difference. It can make a difference in your self-confidence too, because I think a lot of people fail at certain things because they give themselves unrealistic expectations and timelines. And if they actually did these little small things that they could achieve, they would actually start to believe in themselves. Yes. Yes. Huge. That I think you hit the nail on the head with that Mm -hmm. Beth about the confidence factor. Once you start to really believe that you can do something, then you'll start to do it more and more and more. And it takes that initial just, all right, I can do this. You know, that has shown up a lot with my running where there, I used, so I ran Boston marathon before I had children and used to run times. I ran a five minute mile And I'm like so far away from that. And so thinking about getting back to that spot is really scary for me. And I didn't have the confidence for a while to think that I could ever get back there. But I just kept showing up and doing that minute of movement and running and and just showing up for myself. And the more that I did it, the more confident I have become in thinking, wow, my times are getting faster. Like maybe this is actually a possibility that I can... I actually, this is a possibility. I can get back to this spot. And so continuing to show up for yourself and build that confidence, Beth, I think is just massive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Continuing to show up for yourself and taking that action. And then that's when the motivation comes. People think that motivation comes first, but it's Mm -hmm. actually motivation comes much later down the road. Motivation can be great to get started for people, for sure. I think we've all felt that sudden burst of motivation, but it wears off because it's a feeling and feelings come and go. Right. 
I do think you have to have a commitment to something though, starting out, you have to, you know, there are lots of things that I want to change in my life. Like my house is a cluttered mess and it drives me nuts, but I truly don't have the commitment right now to change it. I have three little kids and there's stuff everywhere all the time. Got to give. Right. Yeah. And so I have to think, well, there is only so much time in my day. What is it that I want to prioritize and actually commit to? And taking care of myself is something that is huge. And I'm prioritizing that above all other things. And I'm willing to let junk build up in the house, even though if I really wanted to put my time and effort to it, I could absolutely change that. But I'm not willing to put the time and effort into that right now because there's something else that I am committed to. And that's, you know, my health. More important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Priorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too, to actually prioritize. And it's okay not to do certain things because you're prioritizing something else. And a lot of times people just don't know where to put their priorities. They have a goal, but then they're prioritizing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. If everything's mm-hmm. a priority, then nothing's a priority. You're not right. Like, you're, you can't make everything a priority. They can't all be one, one A, one B, one C, one D. You've got to have one, two, three, four, five, and then work, work through that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to really know what in your life is a priority because then it's really easy to weed out the other things and to tell yourself, this isn't a priority in my life right now. I don't want to spend the time on this. I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to focus on my top three, you know, non-negotiables or whatever that is in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay. Right. There is so much, I think it's really easy you know, on social media these days or whatever it is that you spend time on to, to look at other people and to think Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, well, they've got this thing going for them. And I see someone over here doing this and like, so I need to be doing all of these things. No, you don't. You just need to focus on the circumstances in your own life and what's happening for you and what you want to change and put your time there. Like, don't, don't look around left and right. Just focus on your own lane. Yeah. Stay in your own lane. Yeah. Stop focusing on what other people are doing oh, and so comparing yourself to other people. Maybe yeah. that person has been building these habits for a fucking decade. You don't know that. Right. Yeah. They've, they've done those <laughs> small little baby steps that you're skipping because you want to get to the end goal right now. Yeah. And, and even just the, we all have different circumstances in our lives, right? Like, I think it's so easy to forget that every single one of us lives a different lives with different things going on in the background. And you need to focus on the circumstances in your own life and the controllables that you can control and just focusing on that aspect of it. Don't get bogged down in the circumstances of someone else's life. You have no idea what they're doing with their 24 hours. That's for them to worry about. You worry about your 24 hours. That's so important. Yes, it is. I've definitely had my time or two of getting sidetracked where I'm like staring at other people, wasting my time on social media. And then I think, why am I comparing to what's happening in their life? We are not the same person. We don't need to be the same person. I am my own person. Heather, focus on yourself. We've absolutely all done that. And I think that's probably when I was unhappiest is when I did compare myself to other people, whether it was with my own fitness or my business, right? Especially first starting out, seeing all these successful business coaches and and online coaches and things like that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to get to that point. Like, look look at this person. They're posting every day. They've got to be a millionaire, this and this and this because (laughs) of all this other stuff, you know? And then now that I've been doing it for a while, I'm like, okay. So I I see like what it was all bullshit what I was comparing myself to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that happens in everyday life. And uh, if you can start to understand that a lot of it's a whole lot of, like you said, BS, then you can kind of get past it and say, you know, uh, that's that's not really what's happening behind the behind the mirror of the Wizard of Oz. 
<laughs> especially if you're looking at people on social media, because that's literally smoke and mirrors. They are Highlight only reels. showing you what they want to show you. And yeah. I always tell people like, if people are only showing you the, the easy parts of their life and the good parts of their life, like take that with a grain of salt, because they're only showing you that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like I like, I like when people are showing you the real shit that they're going through, yeah. um, the real struggles that they're going through. Cause that just shows you that it's actually everybody's struggles. We're all human yeah. and they didn't get there overnight. Absolutely. Fitness influencing drives me nuts because I mean, all people have to do is take a quick picture of themselves flexing in some way to sell you some new fancy diet product. And they probably never used that product. They can't <laughs> attest to it, but there you are thinking, wow, that person has a banging body, but you know, you have no idea that they've never used this. And this is uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors with what they're posting. So yeah, just don't look at all of that junk. So with, with building habits, then, uh, what are some of these biggest misconceptions you see, or, or perhaps maybe not misconception, but where do people go wrong when, when forming new habits? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest areas is kind of what we touched on earlier with starting way too big with something. And even if you think that, let's say 10 minutes of movement in your day, make that even smaller. Or, you know, I think a lot of people try to be broad. If I need to eat healthier, that's so broad. Let's get way more specific. You know, Mm -hmm. let's start with maybe just one meal. And then with one meal, even one part of that meal, you know, are you going to add one vegetable to your plate at lunchtime, you know, whatever it is, but just be very specific and very small because it can get so overwhelming to try to do the big picture of too many things. And then you can't, you can't continue to make that consistent over time when you have a day that's, that's too overwhelming. What I always remind myself when I'm trying to set up a new habit is what could I continue with on my worst day? On a day when I've got way too much going on, I'm super overwhelmed. You know, the kids are sick. I'm exhausted. Everything's happening. What could I still do on this day? And start with just that one thing. So, you know, if it's weight loss, what meal are you going to start with? How are you going to maybe reduce a portion size? Whatever it is. I'm not the weight loss guru. You guys are that people, but um, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, just keep it very, very small and attainable for an every single day so you can be consistent with it. That's the key. And so what do you say to people that are like, well, this is not enough. I need to do more. Mm. Right. Like, oh, but that just got brought up in a group call yesterday with adding our adding <laughs> one vegetable to my lunch. That doesn't seem like much. Yeah. You know, we hear this all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like a hundred percent. I think the key to ask that person, first of all, is, well, how consistent have you been with doing that one thing over and over and over? And I think a lot of people might say, well, I've done it for two weeks. And you say, that's awesome. Let's come back to that once you've done it for two months, you know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times these actions will pick up on themselves and will build momentum because you'll start to do that one vegetable at lunch every single day. And then that will become so consistent for you that now you start to think about, okay, well, what's the next thing that maybe I can add? And so then you add that glass of water at breakfast time. And then that starts to become consistent. And then you start to think about all of the other little areas that you can improve. And then you're researching, how do I do X, Y, and Z? How do I lift more? And you start to get nitty gritty with the habits. And then you become this person, right? That identity build. So the key, just like we said, is that consistency of that one small thing, being patient and sitting in that uncomfortable boringness of being Mm -hmm. consistent. 
you know, I think it's, yes. we get bored, right? We get bored when yeah. we're consistent. We're like, there must be more. There well, must we have a three, times, do, a three right? second attention span anymore. So, right. <laughs> and like, I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, my 5k training is like a little bit monotonous sometimes. And I'm like, oh, why like on this again, I've, I've done this so many weeks in a row, but then I have to look at the progress over time. And I'm like, wow, I'm really making progress in doing this consistently over time, day in and day out. So Heather, just sit in this boring a little bit. It's okay. Like we're going to get there. And yeah. if, you know, you can make it exciting by some, in some little ways, but just stay consistent and then come back and look back on your progress. It's that boringness where the magic happens. True. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I could say that about my own strength training workouts, for yep. example. I've been our doing work, our workouts are very I've boring. been doing because you know the basics of um strength training are the same. We we don't I don't do the different workouts every single day and stuff like that. So it's like I've been doing hip thrusts for probably <laughs> a year and I am so done, but I'm growing some some booty. Um, <laughs> and that takes time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. I want to, you know, be, I, the results I'm done come with in them. the boring work that they've been avoiding. Right. Everybody's been avoiding. Right. Right. And my guess is, you know, what's keeping you continuing to do it is that number one, after you're finishing that workout, you feel really good, right? Mm -hmm. You have those chemicals, neurotransmitters that tell you, you feel great. Keep doing it. Right. That's how the habit keeps going is in mm -hmm. feeling good about something when you've done it. And then looking back on that progress is so key. We forget, I think, to look back and to really see how far we've come. It's easy to want to keep looking forward all the time and be like, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not doing good enough. But you have to look back and really pat yourself for making progress, even if it's really small progress. Yeah. I like what you said there. And then in the, in the previous uh, question that was asked too about tracking and looking back. So that's part of goal setting, right? Is, is measuring and tracking and, and revisiting that goal and the habit, whatever it is you're doing. And had you not been tracking that progress that you were doing in your running program with that boring stuff, you, if you look, tried to look back at it, you probably would be looking at it differently because you, you, you wouldn't see that progress that you were actually making. You would be letting your emotions dictate and make that decision for you. And our, our emotions will lie to us most of the time. You know, data doesn't fucking lie. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. You know, there, I had completely forgotten that only five months ago, my pace per mile was about 11 minutes. And now I'm running about when I'm really giving a hard effort about seven minutes and 30 seconds. And that's a huge change yes, over is. time. Congrats. Good Thank job. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, but part of me was thinking, man, like uh, I, I'm still really far away from getting down to that six minute per mile mark. Like, do I need to change something? Do I need to do something? And then I reminded myself, no, absolutely not. You're making huge progress. Right. Absolutely stop thinking that you need to make any changes to what you're doing and just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, how, as it pertains to us, we recommend tracking our workouts and logging the weights that we're using and the sets and the reps. And if we're weighing ourselves, track that. And that way we can get the averages and make decisions. Where if we're looking to lose fat, track your body measurements, looking to establish a habit, track that in like a calendar, a consistency calendar or something like yes. that. Totally, totally. And people have different differing opinions about tracking versus not tracking. Okay. And I personally believe that tracking is huge to help you see that progress. Mm -hmm. Now, the tracking itself is not going to make or break your habit. 
it's going to still be that repetition, but use the tracking as a form of progress measurement to see how far you're come you're coming and also to look and see if you need adjustments in what's happening with that habit and when you're looking at that cue, that routine and that reward of it, if you're tracking it, you can also have some idea of, well, maybe I need to change the time of when I'm doing this habit, or maybe I need to change, you know, whatever's prompting me to do this habit. So I believe in tracking a hundred percent and think it's hugely helpful if you're going after a goal. Totally. Yeah. What gets, what gets tracked gets analyzed and what's get, what gets, you know, analyzed gets controlled. Essentially, you can account for those things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then you can look back and see where, like you said, where you need to adjust, what you need to fix. Just like when we're having our clients track calories and things like that and their weight, if we don't have any data and they're like, well, nothing's happening fast. And we're like, well, you haven't been tracking for two weeks or whatever. We have have nothing (laughs) to look at. So we don't know how to adjust. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's There's so many areas in life where you can think about if I just try to dictate off of my own feelings, I'm going to have no idea where I'm at, what's happening. Yeah. Put some some totally objective data into the mix so that you can't start to be subjective about it and say, oh, I'm not doing it. Either you are or you aren't. There's either a check mark there or there's not a check mark right. there. Go, no go. That's it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I learned from Heather that you cannot break a habit. You can only mm. replace a habit. Yes. Yes. This Let's one. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. When I learned this myself, that was hugely helpful in allowing me to really start to make changes effectively because so often we think, all right, I just need to stop doing this. I need to cut this out. I need to stop doing this. Let's take like late night snacking because I know that can be kind of a big one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So let's just say right now, you cannot stop or break a habit. You can only replace it because we have a pathway in our brain, a neural pathway in our brain that is created and is cemented. We can't just erase those neurons and throw them out the window. They're always going to be there. That neural pathway is going to be there, but you can build a stronger neural pathway that your body reflexively wants to do over and over instead of the one that you're doing. So if, for example, right now you have a habit of late night snacking, every time after you put your kids down to bed, you walk to the kitchen and you grab a snack in order to relieve some stress for the day, you need to think of a way to replace that habit and to still serve the purpose of what that current habit is doing. So right now you're trying to relieve stress after a long day of being with kids. And instead, how can we relieve some stress that's not food related? So instead of walking down the kitchen, grabbing that snack, You might walk to your bedroom where you have a cozy chair set up and you're going to read a book for 10 minutes with, you know, just some relaxing music music on. And that would serve to create an entirely new neural pathway of things that you're doing after putting the kids to bed. And it's really key that you just think of a replacement for what you're currently doing that would serve the purpose of the goal of the action. So stress relief is that goal find a new stress reliever other than food. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many ways, you know, it's interesting. My father-in-law during Christmas time, we, we were visiting at his house and he had a bowl of Hershey kisses out on the table. And he kept saying, man, I, I just, I keep, I keep going to these, like, this is the kicker for, you know, I can't lose any weight because I keep eating these Hershey kisses that are on the table. And I was like, okay, well, it seems like, 
you know, you you tend to go to these at the end of the day after you've had your dinner. First of all, let's maybe put them away. But second of all, what are you going to do instead? You know, is there some sort of like a replacement that you could find, you know, that you might enjoy doing differently? And he said, okay, well, let me think about this for a minute. And it's like, well, I'll have a cup of tea instead. I might try tea. So he's been doing that now for, I think, about a month consistently. And that's been working for him. But Again, it has to be something you want to do. It has to take some experimentation. And so don't be afraid to experiment. Have fun with it. I think that's a huge part of habits is enjoying the process of behavior change and experimenting with new things and seeing what works for you. What works for you for a few months might have to change at some point because maybe your routine in life changes. Maybe something is different. Maybe you get a new job, whatever it is. And so then you'll have to adjust and you'll have to build a new habit. But if it can be a fun experimentation process, that can really make the difference between actually building that habit and not building that habit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And habits are something like what? 40% of our overall, the activities that we're doing every day. Um, I don't know. I think I read that in James Clear's Atomic Habits as well. And so if you think about it that way, if you have primarily bad habits, that's 40% of the of the things you're doing that day without even doing it subconsciously are negative health impacting benefits, mm-hmm. uh, habits, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That study came out of Duke University. I forget the exact number, but I believe 40% is right. But yes, that study came out of Duke University. And I think that's absolutely amazing that such a huge portion of our day, we're not even thinking about because we've just turned something over to subconscious. We're doing it. We're doing it. And that actually can be one of the harder aspects is bringing awareness to something because there are so many things, like you said, 40% of things that we're doing every day that we are not even thinking about doing it and bringing awareness to some of those habits is sometimes the harder part of being able to really say, oh, do I eat those chips straight out of the bag or do I put them on a plate and portion size them out before I'm eating it? You know, those are kind of the little things that can add up over time that you have to be aware of first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes people identify by their bad habits, right? Mm. Actually, it's something that they need to replace. Like, you know, for instance, I'm not a morning person. That's, I mean, I am, but some people are like, there's no way I could work out in the morning. Well, actually, you can become a morning person. Totally. Totally. And I absolutely agree with that, where we get stuck kind of in some identity that, you know, we just tell ourselves this story over and over. Oh, I'm not someone who works out. Oh, I'm not someone who likes to run. Oh, I'm not somebody, insert whatever it is that you find yourself saying over and over. Mm -hmm. And look, if you really hate running and you've really given it a go and you've tried it, well, I promise there's another form of movement that you could enjoy and you need to give yourself a chance to enjoy other things. But look, you need to give it a good go before you really start to discredit something. Because like you said, we can be that person if we really give it a shot. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, on the note of we, we talk about consistency, and I think people misconstrue what consistency means. And I think they misconstrue what habits actually mean, too. In my opinion, and I think the research supports this, if you have a habit that you're trying to do daily, 
it doesn't mean that you're never going to miss that and not do that habit. Right. Um, totally. So, you know, research I think shows us that missing our habit once not going to have any, any impact on that habit, right. On our long-term progress with that habit. Um, so we need to get out of that all or nothing mindset then with that as well. And, and you've, you've been describing that a lot with the consistency and the, the something is better than nothing mentality that we want people to adapt and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Habits serve a purpose for something. So there are some days that a habit happens because that purpose is there and you need to do it. But some days that purpose might not be there. And so you don't do that habit because for for whatever reason, you know, I, this was, I was having a really hard time with this. My husband is a pilot. And so our routines change quite a bit because he comes and goes a lot. And I was having this really all or nothing mindset because I kept thinking, well, when am I supposed to like insert this habit? Because sometimes I do the kids' bedtimes routines, but sometimes he does the bedtimes routines. And I'm trying to use this as a prompt for myself. And it's not working because I'm not the one doing that routine every day or whatever it is. And then I, I started to remind myself, okay, look, you don't necessarily have to do this specific thing every single day. It's okay. But if that if you do want to do it every single day you need to look for a place in your life that is a consistent in your own life every day so things like going to the bathroom i go to the bathroom every single day regardless of whether my husband is here or not that's <laughs> that's basic nature <laughs> you know so little things like this that you know you do every day are really helpful ways to pick up some of that consistency for that prompt but that all or nothing mindset is huge. If you can really start to tell yourself and remind yourself just that little action, I can do that all. Like I said, tying my shoes one minute, I can do that every day, regardless of what's happening. But it's not saying that I have to do 30 minutes because that would be an all or nothing mindset. I If I can't get 30 minutes, I'm totally a failure. Okay, we'll bring it back down to saying I can do one minute and I've totally succeeded by doing that one minute. That can help you get rid of that all or nothing mindset by setting the standard at a really achievable place. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people to realize because life changes, you know, schedules change, things happen, like your husband may be home sometime and then right. not, you know, not, and it, it doesn't mean that you stop what you're doing because you always have that one minute a day that you're going to move and you're going to put those shoes on. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people to understand that life is never going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so you need to be willing to adapt to those changes that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And setting your priority at that specific mm -hmm. place. You know, I personally right now decided, okay, I'm really not going to focus on sleep being my most important habit because I have three kids under the age of five who are constantly waking up all night. If I were to try and set that as my like standard that I had to get seven to eight hours of sleep every night, I'd be so frustrated and disappointed. And I would never, like we mentioned earlier, build that confidence that I would probably give up most days on everything else. So I said, let's set that one completely aside. I'm not going to worry about that for now because that's just not within my control at this moment, but I'm going to focus on the areas that I really can put some intention behind. And no matter what's happening, I can still be consistent with that because that one is in my control. Mm -hmm. Love it. Powerful. So we're talking about habits and now let's talk about when we've, we feel like we have successfully formed a habit. First of all, how do you know that you've formed a habit? I guess <laughs> you're just no longer thinking about it. Yep. Yep. You, yep, you got it. Exactly. If you're not okay. thinking about it anymore, that means that it's, it's become a habit for you. Okay. 
And like we mentioned, you know, the habits are really not those big routines because a routine is something different. A routine is something you have to intentionally think about and plan. Whereas a habit, you no longer should be thinking about it if it's really a habit. Okay. So we've established the habit. What Mm -hmm. next? Can we talk about maybe like habit stacking or something like that? Because I think there's a lot of magic there. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So habit stacking is really the key to building a routine over time because you can take one good habit that you already have and build it into another. So for example, a really common one that people talk about is brushing your teeth. Uh, Most of us brush our teeth every day, once, maybe twice, depending on what's happening with your life. So if you already have this well-established habit, at the end of that habit, you can add your next action onto it because the current habit is so set into place already. So for example, let's say that you are trying to work on, uh, let's just make this up, taking vitamins every day. Uh, If you already have a habit of brushing your teeth, as soon as you finish brushing your teeth, you're going to add your new habit onto that of taking your vitamins. You'd keep your vitamins right next to your toothbrush so that you can immediately see that trigger of having the vitamins there, brush your teeth, take your vitamins, that starts to become a habit now. Then after that one has been practiced enough time, you could add another one and stack it on to the old one. That is such a a key way to really start to build some momentum moving forward. Totally. And that's kind of what you described with your little habit that you have of putting your shoes on and then going for that one minute walk, right? Yep, absolutely. Because those are really two separate habits completely. You know, tying the shoes is one that becomes well ingrained. The next one becomes moving, doing some movement. And I think also really breaking down bigger routines into smaller habits. You know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I, I want to eat a healthy breakfast. But think about all of the habits that encompasses making a healthy meal. You know, you have to drive to the grocery store. You have to go grocery shopping and pick up those groceries. You have to have a plan for what things you want to buy at the grocery store. You have to bring them home, chop them up, meal prep them, keep them stored, have them ready, take it out, you know, cook it in whatever way, you know, making up some of those habits there. But that's, it's a lot. So instead of focusing on the bigger you know, oh, I want to eat a healthy breakfast. Well, maybe break that down to just, I'm going to start going to the grocery store and walking through the produce lane and picking up healthy produce or whatever. That's even in itself three or four different habits. So break it down as small as possible and start getting really good at one of those really small habits. Mm, that's such an important lesson for people to un- to learn right yeah. there. It really is. And that takes time. Yeah. And that also takes a lot of patience, which a lot of us don't have, myself right. included. <laughs> I find myself getting so impatient sometimes with like, oh, why isn't this working? That's the hardest <laughs> muscle to train and flex sometimes yes, totally. is the patience muscle. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I have to really remind myself like, Heather, you know this, you know that this just is going to take time. And that's just how it is. There's no mm-hmm. magic pill. There's nothing that's going to speed this up. Like you can get upset about the fact, or you can just accept the fact, right? Because getting totally. upset about it and wishing it to go faster, isn't going to change the fact that it's not going to go faster. Totally. So you have to practice radical acceptance there and, yeah. and deal with it. Totally. Absolutely. And, and I do think that's just as a kind of a plug for you guys, I think that's a huge point of where having a coach can come into play or, you know, some sort of mentor to really remind you, like you're doing the right stuff. I promise. We just need to be patient. You need to keep practicing. We need to keep moving along in this and, you know, don't second guess yourself, just keep doing it. That's what a lot of coaching is, is, is just reassuring people and talking them off the edge. 
<laughs> you know, things like that. So <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, even for myself, like who doesn't want to have someone in your corner cheering for you Absolutely. at all times? Like, yeah. you know, and, and in our lives, significant others can be obviously hugely helpful, but also significant others are kind of concerned with what's happening in their own life. So having a completely neutral third party can be super helpful to continue to show you that you're doing the right thing and keep at it. Mm -hmm. And I love that you, you have conversations with yourself and you notice when you start to think certain things and go down a different path, you kind of check yourself. It's like, okay, listen, Heather, we're not going to do all this at one time. So I think that's so important for people to understand too, is like, okay, you need to sit down with yourself and really get real with yourself about what yeah. you can actually do. And I'm definitely working on that all of the time because there <laughs> are totally times, but I've started to learn. I can feel when I'm starting to internally get a little like, I don't know, like antsy. hasty or grumpy, yeah, antsy, perfect <laughs> word. When I'm just getting really antsy and I'm kind of starting to get irritated at people around me. And I mm -hmm. actually know that it's not the people around me, it's me. There's something going on with me and I need to sit down for a minute and figure out why am I feeling this way? What's going on? What's really happening? And that's been really helpful to have some self-reflection to build that awareness. Yes. Totally. Self-reflection and awareness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a lot of uh, helpful things that really, you know, I just want it to be real life for people because yeah. there's so much power in behavior change. And if we can really understand the principles of behavior change, which behavior change is habit change, we can make so much impact in our lives and just being willing to give those tiny changes a go and sit with them for a while just can change your life in a lot of ways. Yeah. And especially the, you know, these things that these bad habits that people want to replace, these are things that they've been doing unconsciously for years. So they have to understand that replacing that bad habit, it's going to take some time. Totally. And, and, and don't beat yourself up. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes into change and, you know, I like to say it's the, the formula to change it is really simple, but it's not easy. It, it takes a lot. And so if you're not getting it on the first time, the second time, the third time, whatever, it's hard. So give yourself a break and don't beat yourself up over it because you're never going to change your life if you're beating yourself up. That's, that's a formula to not do well. Um, you just have to be a little patient with yourself and to give yourself pep talks, get that dopamine flow in and say, hey, self, it's okay. We got this. We just got to keep trying again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're so quick to just be so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference between making a bunch of excuses for yourself versus cutting yourself a break when you've tried it and it doesn't go well. There's one thing about saying, oh, well, I'm just sitting here on the couch. I don't want to do it. I don't have enough time today versus, okay, well, I tried to go, you know, I walked on the treadmill for five minutes and, you know, I, I tried today. Maybe it wasn't as much as I wanted to do or X, Y, Z, but I tried. So yeah, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always tell myself, it's like, okay, did I do everything today to make myself proud? that I knew that I could accomplish. Like if I'm going to go sit on the couch, but I have other things to do. I know in the back of my mind that I can really be doing those things right now. Yes. 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 That happens. That happens to me for sure. Where I have to remind myself like, okay, at the end of the day, 
if I didn't do my run or my weightlifting that was on the plan, like how would I feel if I get Mm -hmm. to the very end of this day? And usually that answer is, I think I'm going to regret that I didn't give it a try. Maybe it's not going to be my best workout ever, but I think I might be kind of sad and feel like, dang, I could have probably at least fit in a couple minutes here. Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy, Michael Jordan, the goat says, I can accept failure, but I I can't accept not trying. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge, right? A lot of times we get scared to just even try something because we start to get overwhelmed with too much big picture of like, okay, well, my goal is to lose a hundred pounds. And so if, you know, that's, that's what I have to do. And so you start to think about way too many things, but instead just say, my goal is to lose a pound. If we're talking about weight loss as a goal, my goal is to lose a pound because then you're taking away that huge, big picture that starts to overwhelm us and paralyze us and make us procrastinate. Instead, just start with that really small thing. And maybe even you're not even going to focus on losing the pound. You're going to focus on adding the vegetable to lunch, you know? Yep. Simple. Simple. Simple, Simple, Simple. not easy. But but not easy. Yes. Yes. Oh, it was so awesome having you on, Heather. I could talk about this stuff all day. I know. I, know. I, I just love habits it. are exciting. I mean, I, I like, know they're 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 fucking. If we if we had a magical pill, like that, they'd be the magical pill, right? Their habits. Totally. I love talking about it. I find it so fascinating. There's so much myth that goes on with behavior change, and there's so much junk garbage out there that people talk about. And so I just like for there to be more awareness about, you know, how behavior change really works. And so for people to start to understand this and to start to just build that consistency, man, it is like the life changing, like you said, magic pill. Yeah. Yeah. I love there's, it's an amazing feeling after working with the client for a couple of months and what they've really just been missing in their life. They've been doing everything right, but what they've been missing is consistency. Mm -hmm. So once they start compiling that consistency for a month or so, and then they start seeing the results that come at because of that. And you see that light bulb go on and it's like, okay, this person is good for life because I know they finally get it. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. I think consistency is the key to pretty much just about everything in life. And once you can start to see that and to sit in it, like we said, that boringness, then you're good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boring is good. Amazing. <laughs> Heather. Awesome. So we want to continue to spread the word about um, healthy habits and building yeah. habits. So how can people connect with you um, for learning more about habits and what you do? And do you have any special like offers or anything that you're doing right now? Absolutely. So you can find me most active over on Instagram at Habit Maker Mama. Um, I'm starting to dabble in the TikTok world as well. So you can Ooh, find that at yes. Habit Maker Mama. It's a whole new ball game out there oh, on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yes. It's exciting. Uh, it's it awesome. Exciting. I'm going to have to exciting. find you on there. Thank you. Totally. Definitely. And so what you can really expect to find there is to see me being consistent with this running goal and to try to show the day-to-day habits that I'm doing and the consistency, because I just wanted people to see the real life of being consistent with something and working towards that goal. It's not super glamorous or super pretty all the time, but it's consistent. And so if you stay tuned there on Instagram, you can see me work towards that 5k goal. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I used to run too. So I, I love, I love this. I'm, I want to get back into it, but my life is different now than I was run- when I was running all the time. You know, I yeah. was a stay at home mom. Don't, I didn't have a full-time business. And so I was doing races and, you know, I've 
trained for a marathon right before COVID was running 30 plus miles a week. And then of course the race was in April of 2020 and right before the race, it got canceled. So I, oh, I think I ran my last, my second to last training run. And I was like, it's done. I was like, no, oh. I have not really been consistent since. Oh, that is, but you've been so consistent with your strength training. Right. Because that's the priority ultimately. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it yeah. just depends on what your priority is, what you want yeah. to, to continue to work hard at. And by all means, strength training yeah. is an insanely amazing uh, form of movement. Mm-hmm. So totally. awesome. I've given myself this uh, New Year's to run twice a week for 30 Perfect. minutes with no awesome. um, pace in mind, nothing. And it's been glorious. Yeah. You know, I've been consistently doing it. So I'm proud of myself for that. That's awesome. Just a fun, just a fun goal, right? Like sometimes, sometimes I think uh, I was thinking about this and I was like, there's a lot of like seriousness, right? Sometimes in goal, goal making, but like, let's just make it fun. Sometimes it doesn't always have to be so serious. Totally, Go with the goal of having a good time. Yeah. And running for me was serious before, you know, I was like, okay, I have to have this pace. And now I'm like, okay, it just takes the seriousness away when I don't Mm -hmm. pressure myself into having like a certain pace for a while. I just put my timer on. I'm like, all right, we're just going to stroll and run here for 30 minutes fast if I want, slow if I want. Yeah. I got home the other day from a shift in clinic and I had a 20 minute run that I needed to accomplish. And I was like, I just want to have fun. So I like blasted music, had a treadmill dance party and it was Mm -hmm. just a good time. You know, I was like, I was like, you know, you've hit your middle-aged life when you are like experiencing a treadmill disco and you're no longer going out to, you know, clubs or whatever. <laughs> Not going right. to the actual disco. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's my that's my party time. Yes. Yeah, and before before we go too, you you said something that's important there enjoyment. And so yeah. I you know, I think it's very important for us to reiterate here that doing you need to um, enjoy what you're doing, your form of movement, your way of eating, um these habits that we're trying to form. If you don't enjoy them, you're not going to stick with it. We know this from a psychology standpoint. Yes. Yes. Huge, huge, huge point, right? Like that's where the neurotransmitter happens, the dopamine, the serotonin, all that good stuff that comes in your brain is from enjoyment. Not everything in life is going to be a hundred percent enjoyable, but you can find ways to make it enjoyable, right? Like if you're somebody who, you know, hates running on the treadmill, well, try turning up that music as loud as you can, like add something fun. I'm wearing a ridiculous headband right now, but it's so fun because it just adds some pizzazz into my day. (laughs) You know, it's little things like that, that you can just try to make your life more fun. Yeah. There it is. Make your life more fun. (laughs) Well, thank you, Heather. It's been awesome having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I so appreciate your time. And I love everything that you guys do as far as dispelling all of the stupid diet crap (laughs) that is out there and just telling us the true down and dirty nitty gritty. So keep that up. Thank Thank you. you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.